0: Today's program was brought to you by the Nutritional Therapy Association, real education for people who believe in real food. For more information, visit nutritionaltherapy.com.
1: This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
0: Sharp and Hot with Chef Emily.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sharp and Hot. I am your host, Chef Emily Peterson, coming to you live from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Joining me in the studio are my good friends Jack and Allison. Jack, executive producer of Heritage Radio Network, who just did that, what do you call it, a bump?
0: <laughs> I, I did not just do a bump. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I read a, I read a an advertisement. <laughs>
1: I just, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's um, okay. I, I, I don't even know where to go from that. I'm, I'm just going to... i thrilled
0: gonna... to be here. Thanks for listening this week to Sharp and Hot. <laughs> Dave,
1: can we start? Can you just play the theme song from the top again? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, everybody. maybe
0: your own drop again. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And
1: I'll try to do it. What I was trying to say was a compliment that you are not only really good at that, but also very brave for even trying. Oh, thank you. That was excellent. And it sounded just like a recording. And it wasn't until I looked over my shoulder. I was like, oh, he's doing it live. Hey. Very good. Very professional. And Allison is here as well. Hi. Hi, Emily. So you guys are both back from the Charleston Food and Wine Festival. And because I was following along on Instagram, I was wondering if you would debrief us on... On some of the food that you ate and for people who didn't see the things that you were sending particularly <laughs> the clam chowder poutine i'm hoping you guys will debrief us on what you experienced and why people go to these things at
0: all wow it's a lot to tackle
2: yeah are you up to this
0: Jack? I think I'm, well, Why don't we start by kind of explaining why Heritage Radio was there in the first place okay. So we had a, uh, a pop-up studio and we were broadcasting live from Culinary Village Which is kind of like the uh, headquarters of the festival where there are all these cooking demos And Jack's
2: uh, not telling you the best part about where we broadcast oh, I was from getting there. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead It's okay <laughs> I'm so
0: rude it, it was a teepee We were broadcasting inside of a teepee
1: Are you allowed to be in a teepee?
0: Um well, yes. we were. All right. It happened. <laughs> um so basically they set up like a little mock heritage radio network. And I mean Incredibly enough, they brought a boar's head. They also brought the exact water bottles and glasses that we use here. So it was like kind of shockingly uh, similar. Yeah, wow. homie. It was very homie. homie, the homie. Right word.
1: Wait, when you say they, who did it?
0: The Charleston Wine and Food Festival. That's
1: amazing. Yeah. And how did they know that we have these wine bottles? And we sent
0: them photos of the studio. They said, "Send us photos of the studio. We'll try to make it look a little." Mis- how
1: cool is
2: that? And that was a total surprise when you got there.
0: um Aaron had mentioned that. Those things might happen, and I was kind of like, "Okay, we'll see." I was
2: really impressed by the um, the quality of the teepee. It was really um, structurally sound, but (laughs) um, you know, more than more than that, they just did a really great job. Everything was gorgeous. Um, All of the festival. Production was so tight. Um, you know, we were barraged by volunteers who kept coming up and saying, "Like, do you need anything? Do you need anything?" I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> it's it's like very, a it's gold, gold bar? Can I, <laughs> yeah. like, I need some palm fronds." And, uh.
0: So we did two days, two full days of uh, live programming. It was on the live stream. Um, we had incredible panels that that Allison put some together, Erin put some together. We worked with an incredible woman named katherine Lamb who lives in Charleston, She's a friend of the network, and she. Put some great things together We played Never Have I Ever With a few chefs At the end of the weekend Which was great um, It was a real success It was a lot of fun It was it was cool to see The operation work Outside of the shipping container In that kind of like Live radio sense uh, We've done event coverage But never Never live event coverage
1: So who was the audience That was there Was it all food professionals Or was it members Of the civilized public Who want to touch elbows With the food
2: world Um, I was told it was about um, 50-50 in terms of um, locals and then um, people who are coming in from out of town. Um, I would say we generally ran into a lot of media folks. But, um, you know, the nice thing about being out of New York is that you meet new faces. So, um, you know, we we ended up doing... um, through Kat Kinsman, the amazing editor at large for Tasting Table, um, connected us with Stephanie Burt, who is the um, the amazing force behind Southern Fork, which is a podcast that focuses on Southern foodways and traditions and chefs um, and their stories. And um, and then we, we also ended up connecting with a lot of folks um, from Atlanta and Nashville and Charlotte, um, as well as Charleston. So um, some from New Orleans. It was really great. I think it was really nice for us to get out of New York and get more um, kind of get more voices and people at the table talking about what, what they're passionate about. Um, sometimes it gets a little it's gorgeous and lovely to be in New York, but sometimes it's a little myopic. Right, right,
0: right. It's a good word for it.
1: So, I... I know that the
2: I got the um, email that the Chef's Collaborative Summit is coming up.
1: Oh, you got my email. I did get your email, and I opened it on all of my platforms.
2: Uh, <laughs> if, you, if, you do, um, if you're do, if you listening to this and you want to get those emails too, you can sign up for our mailing list on our website. It's in the bottom right-hand corner um, of heritageradionetwork.org, and you will get emails from yours truly. Um, I would love to send those to you, so um, take a minute and do that right now.
1: And there's usually really funny animated GIFs that... Those alone make it worth opening. Oh shucks. But I was when I got the email I was like, I don't know if I'm like should I be going to food festivals or should I be going to like fashion festivals and science festivals and math festivals? Like the other stuff that I like to do. So you, but then you guys were sending out, you were sending me pictures of what you were eating and I was like, no, I want to be there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think, I think the fashion festival food is probably not what you guys were getting to eat. Like a carrot stick. Yeah. I was thinking like a butter lettuce leaf with some, you know, chiffonade shiso inside. Wow. (laughs) I guess that's a stereotype and I'm sure it would be delicious. But based on what you guys were having, I was like, no, I think food festivals are still where it's at. Mm-hmm. So what were some of the memorable things that you guys ate?
0: Well, I uh, actually went a day early and took a little road trip through the low country.
1: In what kind of car?
0: Mm-hmm. That convertible Mustang.
1: <laughs> that yeah. Vo- the, yeah, Mark was like, did you see Jack rented a convertible?
0: Yeah, did you see Jack got a speeding ticket for <gasps> doing... Uh-uh, let's just say too high of a number. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. that's <laughs> what, You know, I drive a 96 Sentra here, so, like, the weight of my foot on the pedal doesn't quite translate, and, and I'm just, like, listening to music. I'm having fun, and then I'm like, wow, this cop's been following me for a good five minutes, and huh? I, I, I had no idea I was speeding. Yeah. He's like, you know how much, you, how fast are you going? I'm like, no, sir, I don't. Did he give you, and he gave you a ticket? Yes, <sighs> he did. Oh, uh, it should I'm have sorry. been a more expensive ticket, but he came back after seeing my license, and he goes... Now I see you're from Brooklyn, so that must mean you only take the subway. So <laughs> I'm gonna let you off a little bit easy. And the irony in that is that I never take the subway; I drive everywhere. But so to him,
1: you were like, "Yes, sir." I was like, "Exactly. I'm like, That's right. I've
0: never used an automobile in my life."
1: This is my first driving experience.
0: Uh, anyway, it's to say uh, I, I did tour the Low Country and some of the islands, uh, Edisto Island and St. Helena Island, and I had some really cool, like, gu- actually I ate at a place called Gullah Grub. Um, which was awesome. Just these little like off-road spots. Uh, I had Frogmore stew, which turns out has nothing to do with frog. Just like a uh, shrimp and potatoes and corn. It's
1: a town, right? Wasn't Frogmore. It is. Place? That's yeah. that's
0: exactly right. Um, and it's I had Frogmore stew in Frogmore, which is pretty cool.
1: Wow, that's cool.
0: Yeah. Um, and then the festival started, and all the other delicious bites came in. <laughs> Allison took many many uh, adventures. I had many.
2: Early. I had many bites. Um, While. Well, Unfortunately, because we were broadcasting live, I didn't get to leave the tent um, as often as I wanted to. But um, I did. Uh, we did go out on a field trip to Bowen's Island the day before on Thursday, um, and Bowen's Island is this like kind of finger that extends out, um, sort of. Uh, I wanna say west of Charleston. That could be wrong though. If you have a map I would send you to a <laughs> look at that rather than trust my
0: I think you're right actually flawed
2: sense of geography. Anyway, um we did we took Jack's convertible out there, which was amazing, uh, with the top down and some jams. And um they had this huge clam bake kind of um like salmon on roasting spits, and um, Bowen's Island is really known for they ha- they have like a popcorn shrimp situation and fried oysters, and um, you know we just kind of gorged on fried seafood and French fries, and um, and actually the the folks from uh, Firefly, which is a sweet tea vodka, were there. Oh yeah. Um, and and I have to say, I have I, I walked into this event with a lot of misconceptions about Firefly because. Um, I just, I was a little skeptical of that sweet tea situation and the vodka situation. And together, I, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, so I have to um, project kind of a, a skepticism on all things. I just assume it's for Southern sorority girls. Kind of, yeah. But I have to say, so, um, The cocktail that they put it in was pretty amazing. It was like a wine and sweet tea vodka. So it was kind of like an Arnold Palmer with the acidity of the white wine and the sweet tea vodka. And then they served it with a scoop of um, grapefruit gremolata, like a frozen um, grapefruit kind of like floater. Um, Wow. (laughs) and, And like... In the sunshine, with the like sun going down on this little beachy dock. That's where you eating sent fried the picture food. from the yep, fried Yeah, yeah the so picture. I have like one. I have like a single shrimp, and it's like right behind the sunset, and everything is like perfect and rosy. Uh, so that was really a that was like a, a meal that sticks out in my mind. Um, and Jack, maybe you want to talk about our our next adventure.
0: There's so many adventures. Um... Let's see. I'm like trying to retrace the steps. I, I mean, the thing that I just can't get off of my mind is the clam chowder poutine. That's oh, just like, I, the, like the fact that that's a thing. I'm um, still
2: like having a little bit of like a heart palpitation. No, it's <laughs> like oh, do we need what? a defibrillator every <laughs>
0: Sunday morning? I need that. I it's do. exactly oh, what it sounds so like. Good. Big plate of fries. They just pour over the clam. They come chowder. to
2: your table Oof. with a pitcher of clam chowder, like of a of a Manhattan
1: cr- or of New England. New England clam, New England England clam, clam cream chowder,
2: based. creamy cream base, and then they just pour it right over the top with the cheese curds and um Emily, you know this about me, and your listeners might remember, but um, I'm, I'm a, on the road to recovery from a life of vegetarianism, and um, I, I had no second thoughts about jumping <laughs> into this. It was so good, yeah. and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back for the world. It was really wild, um, and actually, uh, Shauna Pacifico has something similar on her new menu at Extra Fancy, which is a lobster bisque poutine. Um, but since now I've been like liberated by this experience, I might go check that out so if you're if you're in Williamsburg and you want something uh like that I would check out extra fancy but if you are in Charleston uh the Darling Oyster Bar Mm -hmm. um on King Street is where it's at you have to do that and they have um they also have oyster shooters, so a little oyster shooter and a pony back of Miller High Life, which <laughs> is my beer. That is my jam. So together really that was like the that was like a highlight of multiple seafood experience with drinking and just good. I'm looking at a map of Bowen's Island, which
1: is due south of Charleston.
0: Is or, it not even uh, slightly west?
1: It's like ever so... Sl- I mean, <laughs> you'd have to... You'd be... It's a creative I'm, I'm going
0: to call that west. Yeah. It's not Mount Pleasant. It's their not... Phone. It's not like further to the east coast. <laughs> um, but but it's
2: like this beautiful salt marsh it's so estuary. It's an estuary. It's so gorgeous. It's really like... Um, and they had a big flood, actually, over the fall. So uh, the area is all still slowly recovering. Mount mm-hmm. Pleasant, especially, um, and up north where the oyster beds are, yep. were, were hit particularly hard. And we ended up talking to um, this guy called Clammer Dave. Clamor Dave specializes in sustainable seafood around the Charleston area, and he was saying really like the the issue uh, after the flooding was was a lot of water waste, um and and really like being able to access those beds and all of the runoff and the drainage that came off of farmland and through um, wastewater storm systems and um, because the oysters are filter feeders they really pick up a lot of the impurity in the water so Charleston seafood um. Kind of economy has been kind of slowly going through this recovery phase. So, um, what he did say was the best way to support them is to eat them. So, if you're in Charleston, you should definitely eat the seafood.
1: We have made a, a commitment to only buying Gulf shrimp at our in our mm. house. So now, like we have all these rules that are kind of growing. But one of them is now we're just going to buy American shrimp, Gulf specifically, partially for that reason. Nice, But, yeah.
0: I mean, I, I, I want to kind of add about the whole travel thing, because it's, like, incredible to think how much we got out mm-hmm. of Charleston in such a short amount of time. You guys right? were
2: there for, like, three days? Yeah. yeah
0: three
2: three full days. So we and were there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We left on Sunday.
0: And I've kind of been fortunate enough to, like, do a few of these little, like, work food event trips in these little cities. And it's incredible like how far you get just by asking people in the hospitality industry where to go. And one little recommendation will lead you on this rabbit hole where you basically get the whole city right i mean you go to the best bar or a great bar and you talk to your bartender and you say here you know i'm interested in history and culture where should i go and they say oh you want to go to helena island and check out penn center because that's the first school for liberated african americans in this country and then you just you get it it's like better than any travel guide any article you can google thrillist like top 10 places to eat and i have done this too and i've i've done the like self Research and then just asking people in the hospitality industry, and every time it's just that's the way you want to go.
1: You know who else knows, particularly for lunch? Mail carriers. Hmm. you see if you're hungry and you're out look for a mail carrier that's how we did savannah we asked bartenders servers at restaurants and we asked the mail person no and we've had one of the best lunches ever because they were like oh you got to go here and how it was do they like, know how because it- they're out walking around you know eating lunch every day out and they know their customers they know what's packed they know where where isn't packed And they were like, oh, you got to go here. And we had the best. I don't remember. I couldn't find my way back there. But it was like this little hole in the wall, a little luncheonette. And it's amazing. And I think there's a lot to be said for traveling just to get out of your own head and out of your own space. Like, we get sort of like, I think, There's a certain amount of being spoiled that we're in New York. And you're like, oh, I can go to all these different places. But to, like, really take yourself out of Mm
0: -hmm. your comfort zone. But as a New Yorker, I can't relax. Like, (laughs) I take the the drop top to, like, one of these beaches on Edisto Island. At 120 miles an hour. Yeah, I park. (laughs) I go to the beach. And in all of, like, 16 minutes, I'm like, okay, what's next? You know, and I'm, like, back in the car to the next stop. I just can't relax. Yeah. Man, that's
1: a good segue. That's a good segue. I know that we have to take a break, and I want to come back and talk about being inside our own heads and the ability to relax.
0: Look at that. (laughs) We'll be right back. This program was brought to you by the Nutritional Therapy Association. The Nutritional Therapy Association, NTA, is a vocational nutrition school that develops, trains, and certifies nutritional therapy practitioners and nutritional therapy consultants to understand and reverse the tragic and unsuspected effects of the modern diet on their clients based on their bioindividual nutritional needs. There's no perfect diet for everyone. Their philosophy is that the myriad of health problems that plague modern society result from weakness in the body's physiological foundations as a result of poor nutrition and that everyone deserves to be healthy. Throughout NTA seminars, students access a wide range of educational tools and techniques that help identify and correct nutritional imbalances from a holistic perspective, emphasizing the importance of properly prepared, nutrient-dense whole foods. Their organization was founded on the teachings of Weston A. Price and the science of Dr. Francis M. Pottinger. For more information, visit nutritionaltherapy.com.
1: Welcome back to Sharp and Hot, everyone. I just whacked myself in the face with my headphones. Hopefully, True story. Yeah, hopefully I'm. Uh, n- <laughs> hopefully I'm not bleeding. I don't think I'm. Bleeding. No, no. You you're, look okay. You're fine. okay good. You're fine. Yeah,
2: I think you made it through. <gasps> oh, I was close.
1: That was close. Okay, Yikes. so Jack, you were mentioning um, unwinding yes. your brain, the
0: inability to relax.
1: So I had a major revelation in the last three days, and really the last month plus three days, in that I was dry for the whole month of February. Right. And I... Everything got better. Yeah? I slept better. I ate better. Is that right? I, every single thing got better.
0: Was that like a self-fulfilling prophecy? Or like... Do you think it really was...
1: It really was. The
0: dryness, yeah?
1: Yeah, it really was. And it wasn't... It was not very easy. Particularly at like 5.30. Like cooking dinner. Like oh, I would kill for a glass of wine and we went out to dinner once to a wine bar which was like that was really hard Mm because you could get anything you wanted by three ounce pour but we made it through and then i decided that i was going to be somebody who moderates their drinking and in three days i ruined everything sure everything and i was really caught off guard by how shitty i was gonna feel Mm -hmm. so I am going to go back to someone who abstains from drinking alcohol. Because I've lost Are you
0: like me in that you're an on or off type person? Yes. Yes. Like there's no middle ground, right? You're either like I'm a hundred percent doing this or I've like I have lost the game and now I'm not doing it.
1: I've lost the game. Yeah. I've lost the game. I lost the game with smoking uh-huh. and I quit smoking. Cold turkey one day I just was I was at a party at somebody's wedding and we had rented... A whole bunch of people had rented... Um, it was really cool. It was a train car set on the Ooh. side of a Finger Lake. That's, That's cool. Very it cool. was really fun. Um, but you weren't allowed to smoke anywhere on the property and I was the only person who smoked. And so I had this like... Almost like a... Uh, Who's the painter who did the did the painting, the Nighthawks? Is that Edward Hopper? It was like I'm standing underneath a traffic light in the dark in the summer, mm. looking up at this train car that's lit from inside and everybody else is having a party. Like Gatsby esque yeah. moment. And I'm standing outside and I had this moment of like just disgust. This- Gust, mm-hmm. and I smoked for 15 years. I swore the day would not come that I was going. to... I loved smoking, and to this day, almost 10 years later, a day doesn't go by that I don't think at least once. God, I would kill for like kill for a cigarette. What
2: was your What was your cigarette brand of choice? Camel Red Lights. Interesting.
1: Yeah, mm. and um, my dad was a smoker before I was born, and he used to. Say, he he still says, Emily, if I didn't think it would kill me, I would drive up to the gas station right now and get a carton of cork tip camel lights. Oh. Which they don't make So that's like a, a, cor- a camel cork tips is what he would say. So that was like an indicator of how long he hadn't been smoking. Yeah. I smoked for a very long time and I'm not a moderator yeah. and I think it's very much chemical and I think it's very much genetic and, um, you know, there's this w- interesting thing that has happened. People who I love very much say. Oh, well, you could just, you know, if you're out celebrating or if you go to like a nice bar mm-hmm. sure, or if you do sure. this and you do that. and it's like to keep track of that
2: it, to like ritualize the drinking, I think is going to make it even worse yeah, for me. Yeah, the lines mm-hmm. get
0: blurry too. Well, that's
2: like when you're di- you know, when you're dieting and you're like, "Oh, this is just my indulgence meal or whatever." And you're just, it's not I mean, it's just not the same. It's right. hard it's hard to draw that line and the line becomes finer and finer. Right. And so, now that I did it for I did it for a month,
1: Without the intention of never drinking. I very much was like, yeah, no, I'm going to be somebody who can moderate. And (laughs) then, like, I just wanted to die after three days back to thinking I could moderate. And it wasn't even the amount of consumption, which was a lot, but the disappointment in myself and the kind of shame and embarrassment.
0: So are you saying that you are going to be sober from here on out?
1: Um... That is my plan. Yeah. Because I can't do it partially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't par- I can't say like, oh yeah, I'll just have a glass of wine. And I was talking to Allison before we went on air. I have this tendency to hide behind the academics of wine where I'm sure, like, fine. you know, I have my Don't sommelier <laughs> pin. And I'm standing in the wine store the other night reading the stupid tags on like $12 bottles of wine. Like, oh, oh black cherry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna take it home and drink the whole fucking bottle. Sorry, I was gonna curse there, Dave. Sorry, beat that. (laughs) When I should, I could have just been drinking Yellowtail because it's um, you know, I'm very much not telling myself the truth when I'm like, oh, it's only 12.5% of alcohol. Some you know, black it's just, cherries. Yeah, right. Exactly. So you know what I did last night? Yesterday was a really, really emotional day for me because it is sort of like losing something that's been in my life for a very... Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like on the train and today. I was like, it's not that I... It's like I feel like I got a lifetime of drinking in in 20 years. It's not like sure. I didn't do my fair share. Um, but last night I drove at like 8.30, which would be un heard of uh, otherwise Mm -hmm. but I went and got ice cream and I just ate the shit out of it and it was so good and I was like this is I want to be this mom because looking at my kid has been a big part of it you know Mm -hmm. and like what what mom do I want to be on the couch on school nights
2: yeah oh we were talking about this earlier too it's like this feels like a big decision now But it's just, it's a little decision you make every day. You make a decision every day to do it or not. And when that decision is right for you, you know it's right. Um, But you're not, I mean, you're not committing to a lifetime. You're committing to a series of days that will extend from now until you make a different decision. Right. Right. You know,
0: it's, I, I deal with this all the time too. And all these like life resolutions I always try to make, whether they be like, I want to cook at home more or budgeting. I'm not going to spend more than, $20 Twenty dollars a day, unless it's of. on a traffic ticket. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm but that get pulled
1: over for speeding. <laughs> that's it, though. I mean,
0: then things happen, and you say, "Well, oh, it's my best friend's birthday, so like, we're gonna go out and we're gonna spend money." And then it's like, "Well, I got really great news. The NPR played Odette's song, so we're gonna go out and celebrate." Congrats, by the way. That was awesome. Humble, yeah. That was, you see how I snuck that yeah, in there? No, I'm glad you did. <laughs> I'm glad you did. It's tough, right? It's tough to keep the line. Like, how do you do that? Because then once you have those five celebrations, it becomes. easier easier to order seamless that next Wednesday mm-hmm. because you've already, you're like, well, whatever. I mean, and for I me, it's been.
1: like, if I'm looking for, uh, if I set myself up for like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a glass of wine because I'm celebrating or because I'm going out or because mm-hmm. I'm with my friends or because I'm alone or because I'm sad or because I'm anxious. It's like, right. I can always find reason. There's right. no there's no like, yeah. and if it just is like, the resolve is, uh, that's not, that's off the table as mm-hmm. something that I'm going to do To calm my brain, which is the main reason I reach for it. Allison earlier said that I was like a hummingbird, and I was like, "Fuck, that's totally true." Mm -hmm. Um, And it's this like off ramp of just spending a day working, and my brain's constantly spinning. And I'm like, "Okay, how do I solve this problem? How do I get this? I need to make this. I want to do this." Five thirty, glass of wine, and I'm on that off ramp. But for that like ninety minutes of feeling this like oh mellow elation it's not worth it anymore it's Mm -hmm. real, and I've had that same sense of disgust with myself that I had when I quit smoking so
0: it's very similar I I have to admit on air here that um I I had quit smoking for quite some time Uh, I had a death in the family in November and that was my excuse and I was like, you know what I need? I need an effing cigarette. And mm-hmm. that's just what I need right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing this for me. It's that thing of like, I'm doing it for me. This mm-hmm. is something I want and need and I'm going to take care of myself and do it. Mm-hmm. And like now I'm still smoking and that sucks. Yeah. And Can I
1: tell you something that is going to sound totally corny, but it really worked for me when I quit smoking. Six, like, I, I, It took me six t- tries to quit smoking mm-hmm. for good. Um the language that you just used I'm going to take care of myself by doing this toxic thing I realized like no I love myself more than that Mm. and it was so hokey and so stupid and felt so like you know uh, soap opera lens (laughs) on a camera but it was like no, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to take care of me, like, for real. I'm not going to lie to myself and say that this is taking care of me. So, And I would just say to myself, I, like, when I, even to this day, when I have those pangs and I'll use it now for when I want a glass of wine, I love me more than that, mm-hmm. you know? And if it works for you, it's yours for the taking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it,
1: I, I, acknowledging that it is really, it feels stupid and hokey,
2: but it worked. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I have quit two things in my life. Um, One was smoking, um, and I quit smoking because my mom asked me to quit. Uh, And she's never asked me to do anything in my whole life. This was her, like, single mom request, and she said, like, I (laughs) was in labor for 36 hours, and if you don't stop smoking, it's like, I just, I can't, I can't. Um, And then I also quit eating meat. And I feel like one of those things stuck because it meant something to someone around me and it made my life better. And it really like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a heavy smoker, but I miss it all the time. And I watch people go out and and do that. Um, And I wish I could be there, but. Um, meat eating I think is a really different thing because I did it at a point where I didn't understand really why I was doing it and to come back to a place where you're like you know I make this decision every day but frankly like up until a certain point I didn't miss it but then I realized that my life is really like it's a lifestyle, it's a way that you live Um, so while I didn't I didn't miss it and I didn't want it, it didn't mean anything either. Um, so I, I think I think there's like a way that you assess the things that you give up and the value that they hold for you um, and, and the gravity of that commitment either to yourself or to somebody around you. And Emily, you were talking about James, your son, who, you know, I think... Like, is that kind of commitment device that you're talking about where, you know, like, when I think about wanting a cigarette, I think about my mom. I think when you reach for that glass of wine, the thing that's going to really come to your mind is, like, who am I in relation to this person and how does my behavior affect them? Right.
1: What? Yeah. What kind of mom do I want him to see? Yeah. And I w- you know what I would give to be someone who can just have a cigarette? Like, I have friends who are I like... I don't
0: really think that exists, though. That's, I don't that's know. Like not, I know
1: people who are like, yeah, take it or uh, leave it. I have a cigarette here or there. I would give my pinky to be able to do that.
0: The thing but. about cigarettes I find is, like, you have that craving. You're like, this is going to relax me. This is what I need. I absolutely need this. This is what's going to come. And then after the cigarette, you never feel good. No. Oh, yeah. You don't feel yeah. good. Ever. It's just an illusion. Yeah. And you're like, I feel worse than I did before this yeah. craving. My mouth feels weird, and need- it's, yeah. it's just never a good thing. Anyway. I think
1: I'm gonna focus on like listening to that voice as a separate thing from me, uh-huh. like that thing that's like, we want a glass of wine. Mm. or we want a cigarette, that's going to become like a little uh, troll in a cage. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to like identify that voice as being something that's not me. Like I'm the person listening to that voice but that voice that's talking, that's the addict's brain that I know I have. You know, and it's like I'm really thankful, I'm so thankful that I'm not someone who is addicted to food because food you have to consume in order to survive. The things that I am addicted to uh, are not necessary, you know, so they're optional. So I feel like I can count my blessings on that front. Be thankful I don't live anywhere near a casino because God only knows what would happen. Girl. (laughs) Allison's pointing at Jack. No. (laughs) No, I know. And I think, Jack, I think you and I are very similar and it's like it's just easier to abstain. So uh, to answer your question, am I never going to drink again? I have no idea. Uh, but you're an
0: on and off person that, that I, I hear you. I'm off right I, now. I hear yeah. you. And hear I'm
1: going to be so, I mean, I, I just want to like get past these three days where I, I'm, I'm so like, I can't believe I did that to myself and get back to the place of being productive and awake at five thirty in the morning and excited to face the day instead yeah. of feeling like I'm not sure I can leave the couch. Yeah. Because I'm too old for that shit. So, anyway, you guys heard it here first. Listeners, if I go back to drinking, you are free to email me <laughs> and be like, oh, WTF? Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I think this this feels very different to me, and this feels very much like a different phase of being a grown-up. So, we'll see. Not that people who choose to drink are not grown-ups. That's not what I meant. But for this is 100% about me um okay so the last thing i wanted to say is if you were if you follow along the ask chef emily column that i'm writing for edible i posted that there's an article up that i have discovered the secret to perfect hard-boiled eggs which is you boil the eggs and then you turn the heat off and you let them sit and it doesn't matter how long you let them sit for they will be perfect i timed it out you can go to ediblelongisland.com and you will see it on the front page However, I have done some more research. The eggs must start at room temperature. If you start with refrigerator temperature eggs, they are 30 degrees or more behind the room temperature eggs because I keep my eggs at room temperature and because I take for granted that not everybody does that. I was like, huh, let me try this with a refrigerator egg. And sure enough, the magic is gone if you start with cold eggs. Uh, I believe that that story is going to print in the spring edible long island issue which will be very exciting uh and i think i caught it in time before it hits the press and there will be an editor's note addendum or an author's note addendum to the article online but i just wanted to say if you are someone who was doing that like what the hell it didn't work for me make sure your eggs are at room temperature um awesome yeah So uh, you can use the hashtag SharpenHot, Send me pictures of your boiled eggs or whatever it is you're eating or drinking. I will live vicariously through all the delicious cocktails that I'm not going to have. I'm going to invest heavily in bitters, fresh squeezed juices, and tea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And leave me a review on iTunes. If you have a minute, go over. And uh, if you like what you hear, we would love to know about it. Join our mailing list on our website. Radio Network.org. Bottom right-hand corner. All right. Uh, and let's see, Chef's Collaborative is coming up. If people want to get in on the eating and drinking action, that's in New York City. Mm-hmm. Anything else,
2: Allison? Cherry uh, Jubilee. Cherry Bomb Jubilee, Food and Enterprise, and really exciting um, Food Book Fair is in the last couple days of their Kickstarter. Uh, so if you really love uh, the kind of intersection of food and culture and publishing, um, that is a really great uh, cause that you can donate to um, on Kickstarter starter and you can receive tickets to their annual event, which is the first weekend in May. Uh, so that's coming up as well. Details on all of this stuff and more and all of the
1: shows on Heritage Radio Network are on heritageradionetwork.org Thank you to Allison and Jack for coming on. Thank you to Dave for engineering the show. Thank you to Nice Peter for the theme song. Until next week, everybody keep playing with Fire and Knives. And hot with Jeff